When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Hockey Think Tank podcast brought to you by the HockeyThinkTank.com, a website for all players, parents, and coaches to go to get a little bit of education and a little bit of inspiration regarding the greatest game on the planet. What an episode we have for you guys here today. She stole all of our hearts the year that the St. Louis Blues won the Stanley Cup. And we have on Layla Anderson, who is just an unbelievably inspirational person. She's 14 years old right now. But when she was 10, for those of you that don't know, I feel like everybody in the hockey world should know who Layla is. But when she was 10 years old, uh, she was the inspiration for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, She was going through a a really tough time uh, being sick. She had an autoimmune disease called HLH. And um, she became friends, teammates, family members with the Blues as they were going through their journey from last place to the Stanley Cup finals. Um, I'm sure everybody has seen the videos. I'm sure everybody has seen the pictures. Just an unbelievable inspiration to those guys. And what a treat to have Layla on the podcast. She actually is working out with Jeff Lavecchio down in St. Louis. So that's how we were able to, to get her on to tell her story and what a story it was. So before we do get over to Layla, let's have on the talent of the podcast, Jeffrey Lavecchio. Vex, what's on on today, my man? How much? This is a fun one for me today. I had Layla in the gym this morning, recording this on uh, Wednesday, and then getting to see her tonight on uh, on the podcast again. So this is a super fun one. This human being brings so much light and energy, joy, um, joy. Like seriously, every time I see her, just like it's just like a beam of like sunshine, just like radiating. I know that sounds ridiculous, but like that's just like when she comes <laughs> in the room, it's just like. You know, I mean, that's just, that's what's just it like, what she, what's it like? Oh, that's just, that's, <laughs> this is what she brings in into any room she walks into. So, um, her story is absolutely amazing. And I think that, uh, you know, we always talk about perspective and she told us about perspective when she was battling through the tough times going through, uh, you know, fighting what she had to fight through. So I, I just think it's really important for people to hear stories like this too. And, um, selfishly give your own self perspective you know you and we talk about on the podcast like you have a bad day you have a bad game it's not the end of the world like you didn't have to go through what she did at 10 years old you know and i think that when you hear about other people that have had uh, battle traumatic events and then they come out on top and they come out better it's like that allows you to go well i can beat this then too and i think a lot of people take that from layla's story and a lot of more people are going to take that from her story after they listen to this episode 
A hundred percent. And and just some background on her story. So it, when she was nine, 10 years old, she was diagnosed with HLH, which is a rare autoimmune disease. And she was one of 15 people in the world to, to have that. Typically the disease attacks your organs and it actually attacked her brain. So she had to have a, a brain a biopsy to, to figure out what was going on. They went months uh, of not knowing what her sickness was. And, and, you know, she wasn't obviously feeling well and she had some things going on and, and eventually the doctors figured out what it was. And then she had to go through chemo and, and, you know, she had to go through that. And basically what they were doing was giving her a new immune system. So cleaning out the old one and, and, and giving her a brand new immune system. So for months upon months, she was not able to see anybody. She had to be in isolation, whether it was in the hospital or whether it was at her house. And as she was going through that, that's when the St. Louis blues were at their worst. They were last place team in the league. There were fights going on on the ice, which I don't think it's funny. We've talked about this. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> guys were just airing it out, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, but they eventually turned it around and as the blues were turning around their season layla's health was turning around for for the better with her and then colton pareko showed up at the hospital one day uh, her mom went down and, and got colton and brought him up in into the hospital room where layla was and they formed their friendship their besties now and and still are are today and, and so they went through this journey together, Layla and, and the St. Louis Blues and Colton Pareko and, and their leadership group and the whole team. And she was the inspiration for that team for winning the Stanley Cup. We've talked about it. We don't think the St. Louis Blues win the Stanley Cup that year without the inspiration of, of Layla Anderson. And it was just a, such a heartwarming thing. If you haven't heard of Layla, if you're not, I mean, if you're in the hockey world, <laughs> I have to imagine 90, 95% of the people listening to this know her and, and the story. But I, I went back preparing for this interview here today and went back and read some articles and watched some videos and dude, like I haven't had a good cry in, in a while, <laughs> but just like watching the videos and, and how God, just like, I know I spent inspiration a lot, but like how inspirational she was and, and the whole situation with the blues was, was just incredible. And so this, this conversation was the same way. Like I, I, at one point I was watching myself on zoom and I just had this smile, just like this smile from ear to ear as Layla was kind of talking about her story. And it just is really cool. And I think, I think everybody listening to this is going to be a better person after this conversation. There, zero doubt in my mind. And uh, I mean, we, we told her when we hung up or when we stopped the interview and then she just texted me and said that, you know, thanks for having her on and spreading her message and stuff like that. And what a phenomenal young public speaker. I mean, I don't know anybody's out there listening, looking for uh, hire, 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 hire. Uh, uh, you know, a speaker to come in, but my God, like I'm going to try and hook her up with some friends that I know that are friends with some, uh, some pretty valuable public speaking type people. Cause this girl's got a gift and obviously what she's overcome and an unbelievable story. So, um, you know, excited to kind of help her down that path. Cause I think she'd be phenomenal at this. Like I was pumped up at, at, when we got off the call, like ready to like go run through a wall, like, you know, so, um, I think she's got a bright future in that too, if that's something she wants to pursue. Yeah. Just the positivity that she exudes, like when she's, yeah, that's her, she's like that every day. Yeah. Every day yeah. she's, she's, you know, dog tired. I'm crushing her in the gym and still like having fun, smiling, making jokes, 
telling me to put on hilarious music choices that <laughs> like no kid her age listens to. And I love them. Like, it's, it's just, Snoop D-O-double-G. Oh, dude. D-O-double-G. She knows every word. And I'm like looking over her dad and I'm like, is he going to be mad that we're playing this? I don't know. She's asking <laughs> to put the, the old school rap on. And it's, it's awesome. It's such a good time. Yeah, it was cool to have Scott, her dad, uh, you know, he was on the podcast as well and and uh, spoke a little bit. So it was really cool to kind of get his perspective as a parent going through that. I I can't even imagine. Yeah, I started as tearing a, up when he started talking about like how connected, you know, the team was with Layla there. I was, well, and even as a parent, like, you know, how she was giving him and and yeah. And her mom inspiration to get through this because Strength. that's not easy for parents to go through. You know, you're, you're watching your child having to struggle like that and, and for her to inspire her parents to not want to complain and, and not want to quit and, and all of that. It was just, that was, that was really, really interesting. And I know kind of like, you know, it was a little bit different, but we went through something like this at Cornell when I was coaching there, we got hooked up with a family through this organization called team impact and team impact. They, um, pair very, very, very sick children with uh, college sports teams to kind of do this thing where they become a part of the team. They get a stall in the locker room. Uh, they get a jersey. It's really, really cool. They do a press conference. It's like a cool thing that they do. And there's this little boy named Colin. He was about the same age. He was about nine or so, I want to say, when we met him, maybe a little bit younger. Um, and he had a brain tumor and cancer and was going through chemo and all of that. And I um, mean, he was just an unbelievable inspiration for for our guys and for us as a coaching staff and for the greater Ithaca community, just knowing the story about what he was bringing to the team and stuff. And, um, you know, RIP little buddy, Colin passed away a few years ago, um, but he was just a fighter, man. Like the same thing, he would walk into the room and everybody would just light up. Uh, he was very physical. Like he loved like um, these like violent video games he always used to play. So he would come in and try to like take on some of the guys in the locker room uh, and his older brother too. And, and just the, you know, the lift that Layla gave the blues, the lift that Colin gave us, you know, because it, it, it's weird to say this, but like sports is hard at those levels. Like it's a grind. It's an absolute grind. And you saw it in the Stanley cup finals with Colorado and, and Tampa Bay, just even watching the games, like those guys were giving it everything they had and they didn't have a whole heck of a lot in the tank, you know, and, and the injury reports that are going to be coming out. I can't even imagine what those are going to be, but it's similar every year where there's going to be seven or eight guys probably getting surgeries and stuff. Um, so it's tough, but is it, is it really that tough? You know, like it is, it a hundred percent is, but yeah. think about Layla being that close to losing her life. Yeah. You know, a little, and, little and different level. It gives you a perspective that is much needed. And, and so what an inspiration she was and just very, very cool to get her on this podcast to tell her story. And we get inside scoop on some of the things that were going on. Like everybody saw the viral videos of when she went to Boston and her first time going to a blues game and her mom was like telling her, and then there were tears and stuff. And she gives us the inside scoop about how all that happened. I think she talked about, what was it like? It was in a Starbucks line and in in the drive-through and then like three or four cars down, they're all crying and stuff because they knew who Layla was because she was a local celebrity in St. Louis. Uh, just a really, really fun conversation. Really, really insightful, impactful conversation too. Unreal. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, this this kid's amazing. She's just such a light. That's all I can say is just such a light. And like I said, the, the perspective that you gain from listening to, to things like this, even for adults, even for anyone, like so important to hear this, like 
this little badass 10 year old, you know, beat some serious odds and then won over an entire city, you know, and maybe, maybe even an entire sport, you know, anybody who was paying attention at the time, won over an entire sport with her, with her, you know, ability to just face this thing head on and have a smile and, and still have like energy and love and passion and just everything. And what she's doing now to, to be her best self every day coming in and like literally giving her all it's, it's really cool. Very, very cool. And another story that I want to talk about here before we do get over to Layla, uh, it's another story of resiliency and that's Jacob McDonald. And and so I posted this on social media actually this morning. Uh, so it's Wednesday, but Jake is a kid that I coached at Cornell for four years. So when I came in my first year, he came in as a freshman as well. So we were both newbies, <laughs> newbies back. And um, so Jake just won the Stanley Cup with the Avalanche. He was basically their seventh defenseman. So if anybody else got hurt, he was the next guy up. Um, but, you know, spent parts of the year with Colorado. Um, you know, he'll get a ring. You know, he was a big part of, of what was going on. He was kind of up and down between the HL. He was the captain of their their AHL team, the Colorado Eagles as well. Um, and And so it's funny because... Like, again, everybody thinks about pro hockey and they just kind of see the cream of the crop. You know, you watch the highlights on ESPN or on YouTube and it, you just look at all these talented guys. But at the end of the day, like so much of a majority of the players that are playing in that league had to grind to get there. Um, you know, I always give out the stat 85 to 90% every single year of the players that are playing in the NHL spent time in the AHL. That means that 85 to 90% of the players playing in the NHL at some point in their professional career got cut. Uh, we're told that you have to go get better, you know, come back when you're, when you're better and then you'll be ready to play for us. Go ride the bus. <laughs> you know, you don't get the plane. Go ride right the now. bus. Schmelt. <laughs> um, and, and so Jake's is a story of, of just unbelievable perseverance, right? So he came in. You know, he he came into Cornell and he was like a new puppy, like a new puppy, just full of energy. He was a great athlete, number one, unbelievable athlete. Um, but it took him a while to find his way. And so his first year, he only played eight games as a freshman at Cornell. He only played eight games. Wow. Um, he just wow. struggled defensively and there were things that he just needed to get better at. And, and then, you know, goes his freshman year, gets a little bit better for his sophomore year, plays, gets into more games and stuff like that. Doesn't score. He's a defenseman, but he doesn't score his first collegiate goal until his junior year wow. of college. Right. Doesn't score his first goal until his junior year of college. And then he, he graduates as a senior, doesn't get a whole heck of a lot of love for, um, for pro hockey. And so he ends up in the coast. He plays most of the year in the coast in the ECHL, not the AHL, the East coast hockey league, but grinds through perseveres through. It took him four years to get his first call up four years to get his first call up in the NHL. And so we're talking about a kid here who only played eight games his freshman year, didn't score his first goal until his junior year has spent four years. One of them being in the East coast hockey league and the other day he just lifted the Stanley cup. Right. So everybody, and I sent this story to the team that I coached this year, the, to the parents, because the parents, you know, especially like everybody wants the instant gratification. Everybody wants to get the results, to get the drafts, to get the commitments and all that kind of stuff. It just, it just doesn't work that way. And, and so I sent it to them and say, Hey, like everybody has a different path. 
And most paths are the hard way. This is a living, breathing example of a kid that I was able to coach who just hoisted the Stanley Cup, (laughs) who played eight games as a freshman in college, you know? And so just a really, really cool. And then the other person is Nico Sturm. And he was a fourth liner for the avalanche as they were going through their run. He was the fourth line center. He scored that big, Oh no, he, not the big goal, but he put the puck on net that hit Cogliano skate. I think it was game four, the game winner, or maybe it was to tie the game. I can't remember. Um, but this is a kid that at 18 years old, I remember from when I was coaching at Cornell, he was cold emailing division one coaches to get on their radar at 18 years old. Then he goes on, he plays in the North American Hockey League for a year, plays in the USHL for a year, wins a championship with Tri-City. Then he goes on to Clarkson. He wins a championship at Clarkson, signs an NHL deal. And this was another guy, a guy at 18 years old that was like cold emailing colleges just to, hey, come watch me, you know? And so just another guy. I mean, we think about the McCars and the McKinnons and the Landeskogs and the Johnsons. And, and that's kind of like what a lot of people think about. But that's that's not the norm. The norm is the grind. And so I just think it's a it's a perfect tie-in with this conversation with Layla and how she persevered through her journey. Jake and Nico, these kids, they persevered through their journeys to ultimately end up as Stanley Cup champions, just like Layla did. She's a Stanley Cup champion. She got a ring, right? So I, I wanted to mention that because I know there's a lot of kids that are in the car or got their headphones on that are listening to this. Like everybody has a different path. Most paths come with a lot of pain. But if you stick to it, you work hard. And, and I know from watching Jake in the weight room, I know from watching Jake on the ice, I know from watching Jake in his process of how he tried to get better. Like he was just different. He, he just, he was different in his work habits and stuff. And he just wanted it so much. And now you see him here as a Stanley cup champion. Pretty cool. I love to hear those stories and, and something else that that reminds me of, and I didn't bring it up on the podcast because I wasn't sure whether I was going to or not. Reminds me of another guy who had very similar thing, who's won two, three out of the last four Stanley Cups, and that's a guy from St. Louis, Patrick Maroon, who, um, you know, struggled uh, in the American League for a little bit and then got another shot with Anaheim's org and bam in the NHL. And everybody knows his story. Now he's won three out of the last four cups. He almost had a chance to go four for four. And as Layla talked about, she's super close with him. And, um, you know, he, I, I don't think he would want me to tell this, but I'll, I, I don't think that he would care if I told it or not, but he would never ask me to tell this. That's for sure. Um, he called me or texted me. I don't know, probably like, five, six weeks ago. And he saw on my Instagram and and Layla's Instagram that she was working with me. And he said, like, I see a difference in her. I see how much fun she's having. I love watching her work hard with you. I want to um, pay for her next two months of workouts. So like she didn't ask him to, he just out of the blue reached out to me um, and, and said, you know, he's like, just, I was like, do you want me to call her now? Do you want to tell her? He's like, just next time she walks in, just tell her, you know, Patty's got her for the next there's two months. So the next eight weeks, we pay for eight weeks, just out of the blue, like such a good dude. So freaking cool. Obviously did not have to do that. Um, just, just amazing. And, uh, you know, another guy who, who went through the battle, like we talked about and, you know, had the ups and the downs and look, look where he's at. It's, it's pretty cool and thankful that there's people like that, uh, out in the world, like, like Patty Maroon taking care of people like Layla. It's, it's pretty badass, And, uh, you know, something I always say in the gym, 
um, to my older guys and to my younger guys, like St. Louis guys, take care of St. Louis guys. And uh, it's, it's really cool that, um, you know, Patty stepped up and is taking care of Layla too. Well, there's a reason why he's three for four on the last cups. I mean, not an accident, not an accident. Right. And I mean, you need character guys like that in your locker room to win. And that's just, that's a really cool story, man. Very cool. He didn't didn't tell anyone. That's unreal. Right. Like he wasn't like telling the papers. He wasn't like telling me (laughs) to put it on social media. He's like, yeah, you know, like just, just tell her next time she's in town. I got her. And I was like, dude, like just very, very cool. So, you know, glad there's people in the hockey world like Patrick. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get over to Layla here. Uh, we're going to thank our sponsors really quick. Gel sticks, G E L S T X.com. They are unbelievable. They have weighted training sticks, lacrosse sticks, hockey sticks, and golf clubs to help you with your shots. So go to G E L S T X.com. Use the coupon code. Think tank one word, and you will get a discount on your weighted training sticks. Vex what you got. Train Heroic, want to say thanks to those beauties over there. That's where all my online training is. I just dropped phase four for the 2022 offseason. Phase, phase, far, 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 Prestige Worldwide. By the way, I'm naming my parent company GMBM Worldwide. That's going to be at the top. <laughs> and then all the other companies <laughs> below that. Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. That's actually happening. I, I believe you. <laughs> Should I, I'll do that with the think tank, hockey think tank worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought about actually naming it GMBM worldwide. I, I like two eyes <laughs> after it too. And I was like, that's so stupid. Perfect. I'll do it. Um, so yeah, but anyway, sorry. I want to, want to thank them. Uh, unbelievable. Best training app out there. Junior teams. I had seven of them last year. Three of them won banners uh, more and more teams every month organizations. If you're looking for quality workouts that are much cheaper, um, you know, hit me up, let me know. Also want to thank, uh, cured nutrition CBD company that I am now uh, an ambassador for you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I've had 14 concussions, stiff breeze hits this chin too hard and, uh, looking for number 15, probably the, uh, the, the products that they have literally keep my brain functioning at a high level and just my body too. So want to thank cure nutrition. If you go to curednutrition.com and use the code GMBM. And then just recently secured a partnership with a company called Lactigo. Tof, this stuff is, I don't believe like in, in, you know, some of the stuff that's out there products. Um, Eric fair played for the capitals, reached out to me uh, on Instagram and said, Hey, you know, I'm with this company. I used it the last years of my career, extended my career. No doubt. I love it. McDavid Matthews Taveras. They use it before every practice, every game they're obsessed. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, send me some like thinking like, yeah, okay. I don't believe in it. Had my guys uh, use it before a workout. This stuff is next level, dude. It's a, it's a gel that you put on kind of like a biofreeze or like an icy yeah. hot, but yeah. those don't really like do anything. They just give you like a, a sensation. This like actually penetrates your muscles. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's got uh, magnesium and, um, L L carnosine in it. I think it is. And, uh, dude, it's, it literally next level. I roasted my guys this last phase on, uh, on sleds. So I'd have them put it on one leg and not the other. So we could see like, how do you feel after? And literally like, they're all now using it before every skate I have it in my gym, but no way. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, my whole goal with my job is to help all of my clients and then, you know, Instagram followers, podcast listeners, 
do find out products that are going to help you get better. And I believe this is one of them. So it's called Lactigo, L-A-C-T-I-G-O. Uh, if you want to try it out, yeah, you get a discount. GMB bingo obviously. was his name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and bingo Lactigo. So Lactigo, <laughs> check them out. Uh, coupon code GMBM will save you money on that too. Thank you, Eric. Very cool. Another thing that can help everybody out there is icehockeysystems.com your premier site for all your coaching education needs. These guys are awesome. Uh, such unbelievable people that run this company. Uh, actually, one of them is playing in my charity hockey game, Chris Howard, playing our charity hockey game at Cornell in a couple of weeks. So we'll have some more info on that next week. But uh, yeah, we're doing that for a school. I talked about it on the podcast, but there is a school in Ithaca for individuals with special needs that we raise money for every year. This will be the ninth year that we're doing it. We have raised in our eight years, $850,000 doll hairs for wow. uh, this school. It's, wow. it's an unbelievable game. We're, we're so happy to continue uh, doing this. And uh, But Ice Hockey Systems, yeah, Chris is playing in it, but IceHockeySystems.com. Thousands of drills, drill drawing tools. This is something where you can drop all of your practices, drop all your drills. You can send them to your players. You can send them to your coaches uh, and you can have like um, all these files and stuff to keep them under. So you can just go back and say, Hey, I really like this practice from our PWA coach. I'm going to use that for our PWA practice and you can all file share and stuff. It's very, very cool. So the organizations that are using this have uh, that I know have been like wowed by it and and how amazing and how much it helps just coaches be better at what they do. We've also partnered with them where everybody who does this go to the associations tab on the website and uh, every organization that gets this also gets access to the hockey think tank parent survival guide. And so not only are you making your coaches better, but you're making your parents better, giving them perspective on what it means to be a hockey parent. And so go to icehockeysystems.com, look at the associations tab, and you can get this for your organization today. Now, the star of the show, she is a little bit of a celeb, eh? Like she's a celebrity. She's She's a total celebrity in the hockey world. And um, just, just so full of light, so full of energy, so full of positivity and optimism. What a story this was. We are so, so excited to bring this to you. So without further ado, here we go with Layla Anderson. We are so excited to have on this episode of the podcast, maybe the biggest celebrity vex that we've had on the podcast, 200 plus episodes to date. We have Layla Anderson from St. Louis, Missouri. Layla, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Oh, man, we are so excited to have you on. Hey, um, I, I'm not going to ask you this right now, but at some point, in the podcast, feel free to tell just any kind of embarrassing Vex story, anything you have, just to he kind loves of. Tra- he loves trying to get me, Layla. And I, <laughs> hey, if you got anything, you I I got thick skin. If you think of anything funny, <laughs> chirp away. I invite it, Layla. One hundred percent, Coach. That will that will be said. I love it. I love it. Well, we're, we're so excited to have you on here, Layla. And, uh, you know, for, for pretty much everybody that we have on the podcast, first question we always ask is, you know, what, what made you fell in love with the game of hockey? You're obviously a, a huge St. Louis blues fan. Um, but just from kind of watching some videos earlier today, it sounds like pops over there. Dad was the one that kind of got you into it. So talk to us about how you fell in love with hockey and, and how you get, got the blues on your radar as well. Yes. So specifically my dad, Scott Anderson, he is from Minnesota and that is the state of hockey. So hockey is already in my blood from birth, but I grew up watching my dad play in an adult league. So as young as age five, I'd be going and watching my dad play hockey. 
And then um, he had some rollerblades around the house and he'd rollerblade. And then um, my mom, she used to work at um, Annie Guns, where a lot of alumni would come in. Um, Kelly Chase, Al McKenna's, Brett Hall, and so forth. Um, so I grew a relationship with Kelly Chase at a really young age. And I've been going to blues games since I was really, really young. Um, it started off just for the Dippin' Dots and for cotton candy and all that. But um, after some time, I really got to realize what the whole sport was about. And um, having my dad play, watching him play, and then watching the pros play, it, it just sparked my curiosity and interest. I've seen baseball and football. Like, I've been to almost every sports game and I feel like something's different about hockey. Hockey players are different. The atmosphere is different. Sport, the sport is different. And I just love it. I, I fell in love with it. That's so cool. I mean, same with us. Yeah. We, we feel the same way. I remember in Vex, you probably too, you were going to watch your dad ref hockey games. I was going to watch my dad play in his senior league stuff. My dad was usually getting in fights and getting thrown out of those games, <laughs> but uh, it, it's all good. But you, you, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you just from hearing you talk right there is you mentioned that just like, there's something about hockey, you know, like there's something about hockey that's a little bit different. What, what do you feel like that is? Because we feel the same way, but we all come from different experiences and we've done different things throughout the game and know different people and stuff. So what kind of like lends the, the differenceness? <laughs> it's not a word, but whatever. Um, what's, <laughs> what's, what's, what do you feel like is different about hockey compared to maybe some of the other sports? So specifically before I grew a relationship with the players, I definitely noticed it's a fast paced sport like baseball. On the other hand, I cannot stand it. It's long for me. I need, I need some, I need like a tooth flying. I need some blood. I need a cold atmosphere. I need something to pump me up and I'm sorry, but an up to bat song cannot do that for me. So but that is the most exciting part of baseball. I think I'm not a big baseball fan walk either, but song? I'm like, I'm just like, what are their walk-up songs? Cause that's cool. Yeah. I'm like, if someone's pulling up on Snoop Dogg, okay, maybe I'm interested in you, but like, I mean, <laughs> Layla, her tasted music tofe is unbelievable. Yeah. This girl loves rap and loves like older rap. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. We always have dance parties at the gym. Can't lie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Every time well, my we parents. do. Every time we do football drills, I uh, will do like if she catches it, because when she first started training to me, it was really interesting. Her coordination was it was it was, you know, she had, you know, with what, what happened, like coordination is something that was affected and uh, couldn't really catch like like really anything, I'd say, honestly. And now, like, I mean, today she went like 11 for 12 on her first Hiko sticks when before it was like one for 12. And those um, are tough. So yeah. Yeah. And they're tough. And like, and, and now she's crushing them, like wants to do them. She practices them at home. Shout out to Kev from Hico sticks sent with saw, uh, he saw Layla on my Instagram. He sent both her and Lucas their own Hico sticks. So um, shout out to Hico sticks. They're awesome. Great guys. Um, but yeah. And, and so now we'll do uh, to, to entice her to really even try harder to, to catch a ball. Every time she catches it, it's touched, it's touchdown dance. So she's got to create a new dance every time. Always slays today. She had the, was the one you hit the whip and the nene today on one of them yeah. it was good it was really good I did my dying worm yes yeah yeah <laughs> i wasn't gonna bring that up but okay you can bring it up <laughs> it oh, 
Very, very cool. Well, um, it's always cool to see like just the relationship between player and coach. And uh, when it's special, you, you kind of know just seeing it. Sounds like you guys have that, which is which is really awesome. And uh, we'll get into a little bit of that a little bit later. Um, but just to kind of introduce your story, Layla, I, like I, I can't imagine most people, you know, on our podcast or that listen to our podcast don't know who you are with everything that happened with the Blues when they won the Stanley Cup and you being the inspiration for it and everything. Um, but I, I wanted to kind of bring it back back to, to when, you know, you first kind of found out that you were sick and, and just in kind of watching some of the videos earlier today, it sounds like it kind of, you weren't feeling well for kind of a while and they didn't really know what it was. It's a really tough diagnosis to, to kind of figure out, um, you know, resiliency and, and, and perseverance are something that Vex and I talk about on this podcast, literally every podcast, it always comes up, whether it's people who are at the top of the NHL or, you know, anybody else that comes on here. And, and so I, I wanted to ask you kind of how you had the, the, the positive attitude to kind of get through that. You know, you went all this time not really knowing what was going on. Um, then eventually you finally figured out it was HLH, which is an autoimmune disease. And, and it's crazy. I mean, you had a, a type of it that only 15 other people in the world had at the time, I believe. Um, and so um, once you figured that out, you were like you at, at how old were you when you found out um, that it was HLH? I was 10, 10 was years old. old. And at 10 years old, Vex, she's like, all right, we're, we're doing this. Let's go like giddy up. And, and so I, I just wanted to kind of ask you what your mindset was going through that as a 10 year old, even too, because it, it's easy when things aren't going well to, to pout and to point fingers or, or you know, just kind of treat it as something that is going to like be the worst thing in your life. And, and you kind of did the opposite and, and, and persevered through it. So take us through your mindset as you kind of went through that. Um, so growing up, my parents always taught me to be positive and look at the positive side of things. So going into all of that, I knew that had to be the mindset I was going through, but I specifically remember, um, when they were telling me I had to go through chemotherapy, i I know what, at the time I knew what cancer was, I knew what chemotherapy was and all that. I didn't have cancer, but I knew that chemo went with cancer and all that. And once they told me I was going to have chemotherapy, I was like, oh shoot, like, I'm not dumb. Like, I understand I could die. Like that's, I, I understand that. And I knew if I was going to go through all of this, no matter how long it took, if I pout the entire time, it's gonna feel like it's 10 more years of it. It's going to feel super long. But if I make it fun, if I'm positive with it, if I'm like willing to do all these hard things, it'll go by in a flash. It'll be easy and I'll come out of it. And I knew that's what I had to do. So I just pushed forward. Like, obviously not a lot of people my age have gone through a brain biopsy. Not a lot of people my age have had chemotherapy. Not a lot of people get it. And that's okay. But I just knew that I had to move forward. My mom always told me there's an end in sight in everything and you just have to reach it. And I knew that's what I had to do. What do you think, Vex? That's wow. I mean, I can't you literally, I don't even know what I was doing at 10, probably just like flicking boogers out of my nose. I wasn't doing anything. <laughs> I wasn't doing anything freaking bad. Like I was this. with you when you were 10. You were flicking <laughs> I was, boogers. I was flicking them on top, I think, probably, but <laughs> down at me. <laughs> did yeah. you uh did you have any like sayings or slogans or anything that helped you get through that time? Like by any chance, like something that your mom would always say to your dad or you'd say to yourself or the hospital staff would say to you, like kind of like, you know, like there's an end in sight or like anything like that or no. 
Um, definitely the there's an end in sight and you have to reach it really stuck with me. Um I there there have been a lot of moments that I told myself. Um I had a brain biopsy before I was officially diagnosed with HLH. I remember I'm reminding myself, I'm like, if I had a brain biopsy, this shot of chemotherapy in my spine is nothing. Like, like it's literally a walk in the park. It's fine. Like you're fine, girl. You got it. So I think looking back at past stuff I had really pushed forward and then also making it something fun. Like at the time where I I cut my, my hair was super long uh, before I went through chemo. When it started falling out, I cut it to about like my shoulders. Um, And then when that started falling out, my mom, I was in the hospital at isolation in that time before the bone marrow transplant. My mom's like, well, wait, we got to cut it. We got to do something. And I don't know how it came about. I think she lint rolled my pants and was like, this is getting hairy. You want to try your head? And I'm like, yeah, let's (laughs) let's lint roll my head. Let's see if it works. And I lint rolled my head and it worked. It's like some sort of crystal ball was on here and I could just lint roll it and it came right up. That was so fun. It was such a fun time. It was a fun experience. And if you think about losing your hair, ooh, uh-uh. but if you think about lint rolling your hair, that's kind of cool. So I just, I turned everything fun. That's such that. like a great, that's just like great advice for any time you're kind of in a tough situation. Obviously your situation's a lot tougher than, than many, but trying to find a positive in it, try to find maybe a way to make it fun. I mean, again, like it's so easy, right. When, when times are tough to, to just kind of look inward and go inward and, and just kind of pout. Right. And, and just kind of feel sorry for yourself, but just, just hearing you and and your outlook and your family's outlook and what you guys were doing to be able to do that. I mean, it's just such a great message for anybody that's listening to this right now. And everybody who's been able to kind of watch the behind the scenes stuff uh, with all the blues and everything. I mean, God, what like a, it is. It's just like an inspiring thing that can make us all be better people. Well, I just, I just love like the perspective that you gave at such a young age too. Tolf and I, it's something that we talk about all the time is perspective. And so like with you being like, wow, I've already had the brain biopsy. It's not going to be as hard as the chemo in my spine. Like that's using perspective to like, you know, help you help your mindset. And we talk about that type of stuff all the time. You know, like anybody's going through a hard time. You can use somebody like Layla. Well, okay, I'm not playing. I'm sitting out right now. I got a healthy scratch tonight. I'm upset. Oh, well, I didn't have to have a brain biopsy. Okay. Like you can get through this. Layla can get through that. You could get through being a healthy scratch. Like we we promote that kind of perspective because it always brings people back to like their right mind. And so pretty cool that you were doing that at such a young age on your own, thinking that way. It's badass. Thank you. Everything in life's going to be easier now. I mean, that's, there's no doubt about that. There's nothing in life that's coming your way. where you are going to be like, <laughs> this is too hard for me to do. And I mean, that's, yeah. you're a badass while you push yourself in the gym with me every time you're in there and why you're going to be successful, whatever you choose to do here as you grow up too. So it's, it's really Thank cool. You. Well, what, what Layla would do is every day you, you something positive happens. So we don't dwell on the bad or the past, pick the positive of that day and, and go forward with it. You know, it's when she found out she's going to lose her hair, she took a minute, said, I'm, you know, a girl of vanity, I'm going to lose my hair. It, you know, she took a minute, she might've teared up, cried a little bit. And then, and then she said, all right, let's go forward with the chemo. Let's, I got it. Let's do this. So every day, you know, we should just look for something positive in it and we just move forward. She inspired us and got us. She didn't know that she was getting us through it. The parents from her drive 
and her ability to tackle everything that was put her way. She got us through it. We, we didn't talk about it because we wanted her to be, po- to be positive in her way and, and do what she needed to do. But she gave us strength and hope. I'm sitting here, Scott, hearing you say that, and I'm like getting chills, like absolute chills. Very, very, very cool. Well, you mentioned the positive, and 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 now I want to take a turn with with this podcast into some some positive stuff that happened, uh, you know, with the situation that you were in, and and a lot of them happening with the Blues, the St. Louis Blues, and 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 the year that they were having that year. And and I think what most people don't know about your story, Layla, and we mentioned it a little bit earlier, you did, was you know you had your bone marrow transplant. And then you were in isolation for a long time. Like you were in isolation for months uh, because basically, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, you were basically getting a new immune system. So you, you, you couldn't get sick. So you couldn't have a ton of people with you uh, that were in and out and stuff like that. There was, I think only two people allowed in your room at a time and, and everything. Um, but tell, tell me about the first time that you heard that Colton Pareko was in the hospital. Cause I think that's a pretty cool part to this story. And, and I'm sure we're going to talk a lot more about him because I know you guys are besties now. Um, but you know, from, from watching some of the videos earlier today, it was kind of like this thing that he was in the hotel and you were like, go get him up here. <laughs> I got to yeah. see Colton. So uh, if you yeah. can just t- talk to us a little bit about what that day was like for you when, when you finally was able to meet Colton there. Yeah, so in the hospital, there's um, the Ronald McDonald house, which is like a spot where my mom would do laundry or even just a place where she could leave and like breathe and shower. take care of herself, shower. Um, we'd make cookies some sometime. And she went down there and she saw um, a flyer that said um, Colton Preco will be in St. Louis Children's Hospital in the Ronald McDonald part from this time to this time. And uh, I remember her... Um, like looking back at videos, she was like, I could not, I could not tell Layla. Like if so, I told the nurses where if anyone said anything, like Layla would die. And I, I knew like, I, if Colton was in there and I couldn't go see him, I, I were to die. And she told me, she's like, so Colton's here. Um, I could go down for you. Like, you're, you know, I, I mean, if that could make it better, I'll go down. I'll say you said, hi. I'm like, no mom, that's not going to work. I'm up here. Bring Colton up here. So <laughs> in a nutshell, Colton left the Ronald McDonald house, my grandfather stepped out of my isolation room and Colton came in and it was like a whole new world. It was something exciting. It was something special that happened that moment. It was just as simple as he brought in a puck and a signed picture and he, he made a TikTok with me, which thank you. Um, he made, he made a TikTok with me and he just spent some quality time with me as I had his face on a blanket on my bed. But he he knew I was like this major blues fan and he just spent time with me and really just said, like, I'm here. I'm behind you. Like, I'm pushing for you. And that's what my dad said. He was the other one in the room. My dad said what Colton Colton had said. He's like, will we see it any more games? And I'm like, any more. Yeah. Any more playoff games? And I'm like, I I didn't know what to say. Because I'm like, I'm not going to say no. I'm like, "Uh." and then I went, dad. And he goes, well, hypothetically if you were to make it to the third round of the playoffs, then she'll be out of isolation. And Colton's like, something smirked, like something, something went off in his head. He's like, we got to get this done. Yeah. We were just joking. <laughs> we were just joking. Yeah. Know? We were just, just joking around like hypothetically, Cause you know, they're coming out of last place and on a winning streak and just saying, well, I even, I think I might even said, if you can make it to the finals, 
you know, maybe we can, Layla could go just a joke, you know, cause you don't, it's kind of, you don't, it's an un, unwritten rule. You don't really talk about the end game. You just want to mm-hmm. get there. Yeah. You know? So we're like, if you make it, you know, but this is what Layla had this in her room, this, this Perenko sign already, you know, nice. and then he signed and then he, she, we had it there cause she took inspiration of players and things. And then it was cool that he was there that, and then he signed this. So very cool. So awesome. And and that's just like, like a crazy thing too, because like you were kind of at your worst at the same kind of time that the blues were at their worst. And everybody knows the story about how the blues were in last place. And then Bortuzzo and Sanford getting that little scrap <laughs> in <laughs> practice and things weren't looking very good. And then Barubi gets hired and it was almost like your recovery was, was mirroring the, the blues recovery. And, and, you know, I, there are coincidences in life, but there's also kind of like not coincidences in life and, and there's uh fate <laughs> almost. And when you guys were kind of on similar trajectories in, into becoming healthier for you with your body and for them as a team. So like, if you can, like, how was that kind of like going through the downs a little bit and watching the blues and what they were going through and you being in a similar spot and then both of you guys kind of clawing and, and scrapping to, to get better and everything was that, that must've been unbelievable. It was insane. I remember um, my last game before I went to isolation, my last blues game, my whole family was there. Um, I had a sign that said, uh, this is my last game for a while boys. You fight and I will too. They lost horrible that game. Like it's like six, one, right? <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> But I had so much fun, like I was a kid, and then I went into isolation, and I had a tiny little TV, but I'd watch the Blues games from there, and I'm like, okay, we didn't lose that one. Okay, we didn't lose that one. And after a while, I'm like, okay, how did this happen? I went into isolation, and then the Blues started getting better. I started getting better, the Blues started getting better, and that just climbed and climbed and climbed, and it was not knowing that each of them are drawn inspiration off of each other. Sure. Well, Layla, I wanted to ask you that too, because, you know, it, it happens a lot. And, and we used to do a lot of community service work. I, I used to coach at Cornell. And one of the things that we would do every year is we would take the guys to a, a school for kids with special needs and, and, you know, go and play with the kids and the kids would always light up. And it was just an always an unbelievable day. But it was always very funny because, you know, we're going to kind of do this service for the kids. But at the end of the day, our players got so much more out of that experience than the kids did based on the perspective that these kids were giving, you know, our big, tough athletes. Um, and, and it was always a very, very special day. And that's something that, you know, at, at some point for you, and I'd love to ask you kind of when, but at some point for you, it probably had to click where it was like, okay, the blues kind of like need me, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Um, like, because, and, and you look at, and I remember I wanted to ask you just watching the videos earlier today after the blues won the Western conference final. Um, and, and you were there and you had a conversation with Pat Maroon and Pat Maroon is saying, Layla, like we couldn't do this without you. Like Layla, you are our inspiration. Like Steiner brings you up in the locker room all the time to our players. And, and I don't know if, if you knew how big of an inspiration you were to them at that point, maybe that's when it clicked in, but like, if you can, how, how did you feel after that conversation with Pat and, and how did you feel knowing that like the blues were drawing off of your courage and off of your resiliency? That must've been pretty cool. I think, um, 
right after Pat said that, I was kind of in shock. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, was he trying to be nice? And like, just saying that. And then after a little bit of time, I realized what he meant was true. Like now I, I have a relationship with Pat and Francesca. They're like family to me. And um, I, I realized at that moment is when I really realized that um, the boys and I are connected. It was definitely um, the little things like Colton um, coming out after warmups and gifting me a stick. And uh, it's like Steiner showing up and just sending a message. And it's, it's, it was the little things that really, if I focused on all the little things that had happened, it was like, wow, like you don't see this all the time. You don't see hockey players reaching out to those kids. And it's, it was crazy. And I think it was, it was really after that experience with Pat that I realized that, I mean, they, they, what they were saying was true. They, yeah. They, and they and for me. yeah. And you were like, you were part of the team. Like you were a part of the team just as much as Ryan O'Reilly was. And, and it was really funny just watching some of the videos, you know, they're, they're FaceTiming you from the plane as they're playing cards and, you know, calling in to check in to see how you're doing and things like that. And that, that's something that had to be pretty cool. Just like understanding that, like you were a big part of what they were doing. And, and Vex and I have talked about this at length, just about how, like, honestly, like we don't think the blues win the Stanley cup without you as a teammate. We honestly don't. And I think the blues would say the same thing. And I've heard in some interviews, some of the blues saying the same thing. So how did it feel to kind of like be an official member, you know, of the St. Louis blues as they were going through their cup run? That must've been unreal. Let me answer answer real quick is we really didn't know Layla's as part of the team as she was, except for maybe on the ice at game seven, but when they gave her the Stanley cup ring, that's what sealed the deal. You know, is like she, everything that they've done. She's never taken anything for granted. It's all been appreciative. And so we never thought of Layla as a teammate or they, or they were needed her. It was just a two stories that collided into one beautiful, happy ending. And, and, Part of the hospital visits and all that, which Layla should have mentioned, is that's what separates football players, baseball players um, from hockey players. You know, football players have helmets or but at the hospital, they all give time to children in need. Um, Anytime, like you said, you guys get just as much out of it as the patients or the kids. Your kids could be a horrible day. And a, a blues player shows up, boom, brightens their day. But it makes you guys just as happy knowing that that was the worst part of our day. But you guys made the parents and the kid smile and happy. That's the positive of the day. And it happened not just with us, but every t- every visit. You know, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. So so that's why she didn't take anything for granted and said, you know, I'm a part of this team. I I you know, it was just everything was like a snowball that just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger in a positive way. And then, you know, the best part is Layla's health, you know, it, you know, her health was improving along the way. It could have ended differently both ways, you know? Wow. That's, thank you. That's wild to think about. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, 
now that my brain's going to terrible places, let's go to good places. Uh, Layla, I want to, <laughs> I want to talk about the, cause like, this is, this is when I first, um, had heard about you, Layla was the interview that, or like, I don't know who was recording it, but it was when yeah, you were sitting down with your mom and you're like, guess what we're going to do. And you were like, no, don't you say it. We're going to the blues game, you know? And that was played on every TV in every house in St. Louis during that time. And I, I didn't, you know, know who you were until I saw that. And I literally, you know, I got flowers on my arm. People know I'm emotional. I was crying, watching the news, watching that happen. And I had never met you. Didn't meet you for years later. And, um, how, how special was that moment? Cause like, that's when I think of, when I think of you, obviously now I know you. So I think of like our relationship before though, like if anybody brought you up, it's like, man, I think about that interview and you know, like it was just so emotional and so much like pure joy. Like uh, how did that part come about? And did, did, was the news there? Like what happened with that day? So, um, really what it was my mom was recording it to send to my grandfather he doesn't mm. really understand the concept of text if you will he's always email 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 <laughs> so my mom recorded it so therefore we could keep it as like a keepsake and um i think she sent it to someone with the blues and was just like here we just want to show you this and then they posted it and that just pew, exploded because you had three months of isolation. I, I had three months of isolation so no offense but all yeah at home all i could do was see my parents and people at the hospital <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> and play wee bowling upstairs so it was it was it was crazy like the blues before they always mean so much to me and at the time it was it was what i needed of course i needed steroids and medicines and seizure medications and all that but what i needed was some good old fashioned hockey and i think when not only my mom said it, but yet um, my doctors like okayed it was that not only told me that I can do what I want, but that I'm also getting better in the process. Mm. Mm. Like it was like my chances of dying are like, you know, not You're going away. Yeah. Wow. So was, but you know, then she had questions, you know, how am I able to go? How's this going to happen? What do the doctor said? So that's where, you know, family friend supplies a box and then Layla would go to the game an hour early where nobody was there yet. And the box, box suite, whatever you want to yeah. call it, was disinfected. So it's kind of like now when the pandemic, you everything needed to be wiped down. So yeah. Layla, you know, you got it. Yeah. Okay. So um, I would show up um, really early and I'd go through the back door and I'd have to go through. Um, like an employee entrance where I'd still get like metal detected. I had, um, I had a hat still cause I wasn't comfortable with like no hair. And I had I, like a mask, I'd wear gloves. Like I couldn't touch anything. I'm like layered up. So like nothing can get on me. Uh, they disinfect the whole suite before again, only limited people were in the suite. And then um, I couldn't leave. Like, again, I was like one of the last people to leave. I wouldn't leave with the crowd. I'd have like an escort, like, come on, Layla, come on, like drag me towards leaving. So it was very like get in, get out. But it was still, like, I always say like hockey air is something that's different. Like the sweat fumes and the coldness, like all of that is something I love. And being able to experience all of that was just insane. 
That's yeah, that's that's wow. That's like the story behind the story right there. Yeah, Inside that's access. Really, that's really cool. So the, did the blues set all that up for you? They they set up the the entrance and leaving aspect of it. Wow, you know, that's like, so awesome. You know, family friend had had um the box for the playoffs and stuff like that. So but wow. yeah, they let Layla come in, the employee entrance, still, you know, with a ticket and yeah, you know very cool through metal detectors and all that. But yeah, they set that part up, which was very much appreciated. Yes. Unreal. So let's let's keep this this theme going here because another one of your viral moments, Layla, was game seven in Boston. And that was the one that um again, pretty similar video to the one before where your mom's <laughs> your mom's yeah. going, saying, Hey, you know, um, would you like to go to Boston? I can't remember exactly what you said. Would you like to go to Boston? The doctor said it's okay. And um, and you end up going to Boston for game seven when the Blues win the Stanley Cup and they're able to hoist it. So if you can just take us through what that day was like, or I guess the, you know, from when your mom videoed you and you found out that you were going all the way until uh, getting to Boston for game seven there. Yeah, um, that experience was insane. Um I remember my mom was getting me from my dad's and we stopped at a Starbucks. My mom couldn't wait till we got home another 10 miles. Couldn't wait. So we pulled up to a curb in a Starbucks drive-thru. So like we're on the side of the drive-thru on a curb. My mom pulls out her phone. At the time, I didn't really realize what it meant when she pulled out her phone. Now that I look back, I'm like, oh, that's when you mean like you're going to tell me something. But she pulled out her phone and was like, so if you could watch game seven any, anywhere in the world tomorrow, anywhere in the world, where would you watch your boys play game seven? Boston, obviously. And she goes, you, you guys go to Boston. I'm like, I didn't believe her. I thought it was a joke. Doctor and then she said, okay. doctor said, it's okay. Knew it was for real. Started bawling. And then a lady comes in her car going through the Starbucks drive-thru. And she goes, oh my gosh, are you Layla and Layla's mom? And she's like, yeah, she just found out she gets to go to game seven. She starts bawling. The car behind her starts crying. Everyone's crying. It's a whole festivity of crying. And then um, the next day, um, by like, my mom and I, we packed, packed a little day bag of everything I needed, masks, gloves, all of that. Um, hopped on a charter flight with um, the players' wives, their families, um, everyone. And we, my mom and I sat front row and we're still they disinfected everything, like everything around us. And everyone there was so cautious. And we were still just looking at each other like we don't belong here. Like this isn't our territory. We're not family. So it was crazy. We got to Boston and um, part of the deal was I couldn't I couldn't stay in a hotel. I still had zero immune system. So it was very much get there, watch the game and go home. We got to the game. Same thing. Went in a back entrance, arrived um, in a suite. I was in a suite with um, alumni. So we're in an alumni suite. Um, we watched the game. And I think the first and second period, I was very much like shaking the entire time. I think with 10 minutes left in the third, we were still up 4-1. I started bawling and then there's alumni behind me, like cheersing. They're like, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. I'm like, the boys are going to do it. The boys are going to do it. I'm like panting. I'm like crying. And then a guy comes in at about four minutes left. He's got wristbands and he's like, who is ready to go down? Watch the boys lift the cup. Everyone gets their wristbands. And then at the time I was in a boot um, with the chemo. It makes my bones, my bone structure very weak. So I can break bones. Could. could very easily. So I, I had uh, broken my ankle and I was in a boot and everyone's like, hold up. We got to wait for an elevator. Layla's in a boot. She's crippled. Let's wait. I'm like game seven. Y'all let's go. We're taking the stairs. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. So everyone's behind me. We're in the stairs. We arrive. Um, 
on the ice and they're giving everyone flags. And then I just see the boys um, with the cup. I see the cup out there. I start falling. I go in, I see uh, Steiner jumps out of an interview, starts hugging me, starts hugging my mom. He's like, we did it, Layla. We did it. We did it. We did it. I see Colton. He jumps, he grabs the cup and he's like, let's go get a pick with the cup. Let's go. It was very much just not, now that I look back, I'm like, it was, it was like a family reunion. I was just going to see my friends. I was just so proud of the boys. All I wanted to do was congratulate them. I, I didn't think of it anything for myself. I wasn't like, I'm going to look back in 30 years. I touched the Stanley Cup. I kissed the Stanley Cup. It's very much just like, I was so proud of the boys where I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. I've got chills right now. I want to text Colton right now, but <laughs> it was, it was such a cool experience that I'll never forget. And Colton and I, we, we talk about it, how it was just, it's something that you can't put into words. It was, it was definitely the last page that was written in the story. It was, it was what closed the book of the whole chapter of everyone. Very and cool. Very, very cool. It's a night that we'll never forget. I remember um, it's always on uh, June 12th was the day we could, uh, clinched the cup and then Colton and I will always text on June 12th like hey we're on the ice right about now so proud of you buddy (laughs) that's unreal well I can tell you like just from from watching that and I remember watching it in real time knowing your story and having seen you know all the tv coverage of it one of the the coolest things was watching how unbelievably happy Colton Pareko was to see you on the ice. I mean, I have not seen anybody glow <laughs> as much as he was glowing to be able to share that moment with you and then to rush to over and get the cup and then to bring it over to you so you can lift it over your head. And it was funny, Vex, I was watching some of the documentaries and stuff on it today, like the doctors, the fact that she was down there and she kissed the cup, like which <laughs> just brought so much germs for nobody that had somebody that doesn't have an immune system. They had to have been like, oh my God, I can't believe it. But they said it was actually like healing. It was probably probably even more healing the fact that Layla, you were able to do that, but like, yeah, just like watching back at those videos and seeing how much Colton Pareko lighted up when he saw you for me, like that's what brought me to tears the most, just, just like, you know, for, for everything that they went through and, and as hockey players, Vex, like that have been through some grinds, like it, it's so hard to win the Stanley cup, you know, and they went through this journey that was hard and, and you obviously going through your journey that was so difficult and hard and, and being able to share that moment together and the love that you saw, it was, it was so, so cool. I, for me, like the word that comes up is love. Like there was so much love in that. And, and yeah, like you, you said family before, like you are a part of their family. There's no question about it. And that has to be a pretty cool feeling to be able to share that with him. It, it was crazy. I mean, looking back at all of that, it's, that's when I, it really explained like hockey players are different people. Like you could see right there. Colton wasn't faking it. Colton wasn't putting on a fake face. We were both genuinely happy. It was the absolute greatest day of my life. And it's crazy thinking about it, but he wanted to share the best night of his life with me. He put in an effort to tell everyone like, Hey, we're getting a picture. Layla, we're getting a picture with the cup. Come on. We're getting a picture. Like it was insane. Like Colton, Colton has the largest piece of piece of my heart and he will never know. He's, he means so much to me. And I think 
I, I, again, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words. I'm hardly ever at a loss for words, but um, uh, I can second that. That's not, that doesn't happen often. <laughs> Gosh, I mean, that night and that moment was just unbelievable. We're just, Colton and I are connected at the hip. We're two peas in a pod with peanut butter and jelly. We're, I, I, I remind myself, I'm like, Colton's from Canada. His family's up in Canada. I, I want to say we're family. I'm like, we're, I'm the only family the guy's got. Like, I gotta, I want to check on him. I want to be there for him. And if that means going to Starbucks every once in a while and buying him a gift card, then that's what that means. I'm like, that, that moment is just something we'll share forever. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for it. And I'm beyond grateful to call Colton, my friend. Amazing. So cool. <laughs> Thank you. So that cool. is that is really cool. Well, um, how, how did it feel to Layla? So you got a chance to go to the parade and I don't know how many people were there, but it had to have been probably close to a million. I don't know. I mean, it probably felt like everybody ever that was in St. Louis was at the parade that day. And and you go up and, and you get on stage and the entire city of St. Louis is cheering your name. How cool is that feeling? That must've been pretty awesome too. Dude. I mean, I, it was insane. Like I think, <laughs> Aside from being on the stage, one of the coolest moments of my life, now that I look back, like, I, I love you, Brett Hall. I love you so much. But the number one thing is my mom and my mom, my dad and I were uh, waiting to go up on the stage, waiting for someone to give me the cue. John Hand comes out of nowhere and he goes over to me. He puts his hand on my shoulder and he goes, Layla, stay away from Holly. As he's singing. <laughs> no <Stay> way. <laughs> It's like, tell too much. Like, Layla, stay away from Holly. I'm like, yes, Mr. Ham. <laughs> yes, Mr. Ham. So, yeah, it's crazy. And then, you know, I went up on stage and then they're like, Layla, do you know half a million fans love you? And I'm like, looking, I'm like, when's it going to end? I'm like, looking, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, this is insane. I'm looking down. I'm like, there's my grandpa. There's my family. They're looking, they're crying. I'm like, and then there's St. Louis, just St. Louis, just going all the way. And it's, crazy like I I think of myself as a normal kid and then I look at that and I'm like I've got an entire city right behind me like yeah I love it one of my coach Jeff you were talking about earlier how I love rap and you know how I like uh, my boys from back in the day but specifically one of my favorite quotes from uh, Macklemore uh, what songs are from but uh, there's a line where I got a city right behind me if I fall they got me I think about that and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, dude, that was you. That that's me. Like, I that's got you. I got St. Louis behind me, and I'm forever grateful for every single person in this entire city. And that's crazy saying coming out of a 14 year old's mouth. Like, that's no, that's not normal. And I'm forever grateful for everything. Well, everything. And, and they're very grateful for you too, because I can imagine that you know, watching you go through what you went through with the attitude that you did, you know, I'm, I would imagine, and I'm sure you've gotten letters and, or emails from people that have said, Hey, Layla, you got me through a pretty tough time too. I was in a dark spot, whether they were sick, whether it was a mental health thing, whatever, just you, you given some people some hope that there's, there's that uh, light at the end of the tunnel. And, and I forget the the saying that your mom said earlier about it being the end, but it, you know, I mean, i 
I, I was inspired. Vex, I know you were. Uh, the entire hockey world was. It, it was just very, very cool. So it's definitely very mutual. You say in your, your respects for St. Louis, but St. Louis and the rest of the hockey world has mad props for Layla Anderson as well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so before we let you go, Layla, I, I know one of the things that you're doing now, um, you know, this was a, a process of you getting healthy again that other people are going to have to go through with transplants, bone marrow. And, and I don't think people understand how difficult that is not only to go through, but also to just even have happen. Um, you have to get a, a match with somebody and, and all this kind of stuff, all these hoops that you need to jump through. It's very, very expensive uh, to, to do it and everything. And, and one of the videos that I saw earlier today was uh, a video of you actually meeting your donor. Uh, the person who donated their bone marrow for you and, and another like Vex, like you need to watch this video. You're Mr. Tattoo flower guy. Like you'll be <laughs> on the floor balling your eyes out. I was earlier today. Um, but I, I did want to mention, you know, the, the website be the match.org slash Layla. You can go there and you can donate and, and even get, um, you know, educated on what it is because who knows, maybe you can donate some blood and you can save somebody's life. Like somebody saved yours, Layla. And so, you know, you, you, go to this, this event where you, you meet your match. Uh, it's a kid that's name is, was it Kenton? A yes. kid named Kenton from, from Kansas city. Um, what was that experience like getting the chance to, to meet the, the person who, who basically saved your life? Um, you know, he gave blood because his father was going through some, some tough illness challenges, uh, as well. Um, and, and just to watch you guys embrace when you first met, I mean, it was like one of the coolest things I've ever seen. So if, if you can just talk a little bit about that too, and talk a little bit about be the match, um, so people can get educated about it. So we can maybe even save some more lives as well. Uh, I'll start with Kenton. Um, it was insane. It was the whole, um, night was crazy. I had, um, family coming in town and friends and it was a whole reunion. I had my blues family, some of my uh, family from the blues come and it was crazy. And once I got up on the stage and saw the video, I was bawling. I'm like, what am I going to say to this person? Like, this is just a selfless person from the middle of Kansas who just decided to save a life. I'm like, that's, it's not normal. There aren't a lot of people in this world who are just that selfless, who would think of someone else who could be anyone. You, you don't, in the process, you don't know who you're donating for. You could be donating for an elderly woman and it fall, you know, but I just happened to be an 11 year old kid at the time. And it was, it was crazy. I'm like, well, what do I say? Like, thank you's not enough. Thank, thank you are just two words that can't describe anything that had happened. Um, once Kenton ran up on that stage, I knew this guy was different. Like something about Kenton is just so special. And the, the day we met was, the start of everything. Kenton is family. He's like, he's my brother from another mother. And I love him with all my heart. He uh, came to uh, our last Easter. Luckily, since Kenton lives in Kansas, um, it's not that far of a drive. I mean, he does work. He's, he's, um, I think he turned 21 last April, but um, he, he's a, he's a working guy. He, he works and, and bless his heart. He works at a hospital. He he's doing so much more for people that I could ever thank him for. And 
he's, he just means so much to me. Like he was coming back from Chicago and we stopped and we had lunch. And every time, every time we see each other, we get off the phone. I always tell him, I say, I don't tell you enough, but thanks for saving my life, man. Like, thank you. And it's the little things like I'll talk to him on the phone and then he hears mom in the background. I love you. Like, it's just those little things that are crazy. And like Kenton and his whole family are just, they're different people. Like, and with Be The Match, the organization is now forever in my heart. Now that I'm healthy, uh, now that I'm your average 14-year-old kid, um, it's my job and it's my duty to um, spread awareness to these organizations that frankly, saved my life. Without Be The Match in St. Louis Children's Hospital, I would be dead right now. Um, so with Be The Match, all you do is you sign up and you get a little kit and you can swab um, this thing in your mouth and you send it back and it'll tell you if you are a match for someone. You have to be between the ages of uh, 18 and I think um, 40 something. And um, it just takes one little swab and you can see if you're um, a match for someone. And then obviously with that, you have to follow through with the process being like, okay, are you um, healthy enough? Like, is your body okay with doing this? Then you donate the bone marrow, send it off. And then if both patient and recipient um, agree, you can meet each other, but it's something so simple and something that doesn't take a lot where you can save someone's life. And I always tell Kenton without you, I wouldn't be here today. So it's, it's crazy. And I just, I want to give back to the people that saved me and be the match is something like an organization that'll be with me forever. And I'll be, I'll be 40 and I'll be like a mom and I'll still go to be the match and I'll still spread awareness and I'll still be spunky Layla Anderson. <laughs> Better not change it. I know you won't. And well, yeah. let's get people doing that. I mean, um, if anybody does that swab that's listening to the podcast, I'll give you free online training for a year. You don't even have to be a match for somebody, but just, just you doing the swab. Um, I'll give you free online training for a year. So just, I don't know how you just send me a picture of you doing that. It could be one person. It'd be a hundred people. It could be a thousand people. Uh, anybody does that on me, just DM me a picture of you swabbing and, uh, we'll talk and I'll, and I'll give you online training for a year. Let's get more people to do that and, uh, help Layla raise awareness for that. Thanks coach. Yeah. Got He's you. given more. Man. He's given more so he can be more. That's right. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Can I throw you under the bus now, Coach? Yes. <laughs> At least you asked. Yeah, okay, go ahead. If we're bringing up the topic. Okay, so recently on uh, Coach Jeff posts on Instagram, and obviously I watch it, um, Coach Jeff was working with some guys, and he's explaining the drill, and he's like, all right, we don't want we don't want your hips coming up. Imagine you got some hot coffee right there. And if you move that hot coffee spilling, and then you got hot coffee butthole. Nobody wants that. We don't want hot coffee butthole. And I made fun of him today for it. He's we're doing the, we're doing a drill and I'm like, hot coffee butthole coach. And he's like, I'm getting t-shirts made. I'm like, yeah. I did say that. I called the guys who, who make my clothing line, humble hockey. What's up boys. And uh, I said, Hey, people are loving this hot coffee butthole. I've been saying it for six or seven years. Layla comes in and I'm like, Hey, guess what? I'm getting a shirt made. She goes, I'm getting my first shirt. It's like, Oh God, your parents aren't going to like this. All right. I'm like, 
She said I'll model. She said I'll model. And I was like, man, that just seems like a safe sport violation. That's just too much right there. (laughs) You won't forget not to shift your hips on the plank. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Hot coffee butthole brought to you by give more, be more. There we go. (laughs) That's right. Um, well, Vex, uh, before we let Layla go here, you know, you, you have gotten to know her very well over the past little bit, just being able to train her and stuff. I'll, I'll let you end the podcast here with just some closing thoughts on, um, just being able to work with Layla every day and, uh, and what she's meant to you. Well, I mean, just a special individual. It's been, uh, it's been wild. Uh, you know, Layla and I talk about all time, her first session, and, you know, she came out in for a bunch of different reasons, get in better, get back in shape, you know, work on some dexterity things that, that are lacking from her surgeries and stuff like that. And, and, uh, man, like, you know, I've never worked with anybody in a position like Layla, what Layla was coming out of, and I didn't know how it would go. And it's honestly, it's like any of my other athletes, whether it's, you know, my NHL players, my D one guys, like it doesn't matter. Like I say, do this and Layla goes and she goes hard and she actually practices at home. And I can tell because there were these things where, you know, in the beginning, like I said, in the beginning of the podcast that she couldn't do, like could not do. And I was actually shocked that she couldn't do a couple of simple um, coordination tasks. And after talking to her mom and dad, I said, okay, this is something I really want to focus on, even though this is a gym and we're working out, this is also going to be a main focus of what I want to do with her. And man, like she went from like where she was, you know, maybe like a two out of 10, a one out of 10. And she's like an eight or a nine. Now it's unbelievable. And she'd come in and she'd be like, I was practicing. I was practicing. And she showed me what she was practicing and she comes in and she knocks it out of the park. So, you know, it's really cool to see everything that she went through, taught her how to battle, you know, taught her how to never give up. And you know, I see it every day in the gym. Every day she gets better. Every day we're able to do a little bit more. It's a little bit cleaner. It's a little bit more efficient, a little bit more effective. And uh, she does it all with a smile on her face, no matter how hard she's sweating, how hard I push her, you know, I make her get uncomfortable. And as soon as she catches her breath, she's whipping and nay-naying and making jokes and having fun. And, you know, everybody knows that that's, that's my MO, work hard and have fun. So it's a, it's a match made in heaven. And then we throw Lucas in there too. Too, who um, was another young buck I started working with uh, because he had the the uh, open heart surgery that he needed for to fix something that he was born with. And so now I have those two working out together since they're friends, like we were talking about on the podcast. So now it's even more fun to have them, you know, going through this whole rehabilitation process together and having them battle each other. And it's been really fun to see them push each other in there and make each other better. And Every day I'm, I'm lucky to be in there working with them. And I'm happy to be working with people that, that, you know, especially you can tell Layla's grateful for the things she's went through and overcome and uh, sky's the limit for this girl. I'm freaking excited. Thanks coach. Yeah, come on. Don't make me, don't get me all soft in here. Come on. <laughs> uh, it's a podcast too bad. You can't, you know, take your shirt off and be on there. Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Layla, Layla, Vex was the best man at my wedding, and you were shirts off. What, like, ten mm-hmm. minutes in? 
to the probably reception? Probably less. Probably less. Yeah. Five minutes, yeah. maybe. <laughs> dance floor all night. Showing up Le- all his muscles. Knows. We get dance. We get dance parties going. We get whatever that one you taught me was. We put on the Instagram the one day like the backwards run thing. The I don't know. The jerk. Yeah, I never. I didn't know yeah. that one. We were we were doing the jerk one day in there. We got. She's teaching me the new moves. All right, I'm staying cool. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Well, Layla, thank you so much for taking the time to come on with us here today. Uh, mean this with with all of my heart. Like you are an unbelievable inspiration. This is the first time we're actually meeting, but just you know, watching everything unfold that that year with the Blues. I mean, I, I mean it 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 makes you feel the feels, and it was so 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 cool. So thank you so much for taking the time and doing this with us here today. Make sure you kick the crap out of my uh, my cousin over there the next time you get in the in the weight room with him, and uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on here. Um, this means so much to me. And uh, coach, thank you for wanting to do so much more for Be the Match and yeah. for working with me and putting up with me in the gym. <laughs> we got we got a bet too right now. If she can hang for, I don't know. We we, we changed the numbers a couple of times. She can hang on the pull up bar for ten or ten or twelve seconds. Uh, I'll let her sign something and I'll get her signature tattooed on me. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> so we got a big bet. We didn't work on it today, but we will. Layla, next time. Layla, you have so much power right now because you can make. <laughs> you can like draw like the funniest, weirdest, dumbest picture or just make it like, I don't even know something that's going to embarrass the crap out of them. That would be phenomenal. <laughs> or I could do like abbreviations for hot coffee, butthole. HCB. HCB. I love it. I love it. So yeah, cool. Awesome. Let's go. Well, thank you, Layla. We appreciate it. And uh, I know you're going to see facts, but hopefully next time I get down to St. Louis, maybe we can hook up too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, Coach, you know I love you. And thank you. Thanks.